very bad. You know, um, I'm not against people eating fast food, but the the amount that I was doing, like sometimes I eat McDonald's like twice a day. You know, I might have three or four double cheeseburger, large fry, you know, stuff like that, and or get a large pizza and sit and play the video game and eat the whole large pizza at the same time. So I most likely when I was step on the scale around three eighty five. I still was eating like that prior to my surgeons going back down. So the reason why I said 400 is because <clears throat> when, during my darkest time, that's all I did was just eat, 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 eat. Awesome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast, the best podcast on the planet, hosted by your man, Cody, a.k.a. Mr. CBMK33. Yo, amazing episode. You know, I love all my guests, but sometimes you just come across stories that appeal to you and speak to you, and I think can really bring about inspiration and transformation. But before we get into that, if you want to keep seeing amazing leaders and amazing influencers like we have on today you have to do a few things connect with your boy on uh, instagram at cvmk33 and on the business page on instagram at cvmk underscore global go to where the best health wellness supplements and drip is found www.cvmkglobal.store and subscribe this is going to be on both youtube channels subscribe to both youtube channels the first one at youtube at cv space k and the second one at CVMK Global Fitness. With that being said, I have Malik. Malik is amazing. He has an amazing story. He's lost over 100 pounds. Fitness has changed his life. With That's that being right. said, Malik, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. No problem, man, brother. It is a pleasure and an honor to have you on. Look, I came across your profile. You know, we belong to uh, the same group, same fitness group. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like a hundred pounds lost, you know, and I, that, that just captivated me. I was like, I got to connect with them. And I reached out. I appreciate you responding and being on the show. You know, that's a huge leap. You know, you hear yeah. people say, I lost like 10 pounds. Okay. And then they put the 10 pounds back on, right? I lost 20 pounds, but to lose a hundred, you know, that's, that's a, that's a major thing. Oh yeah. Let's yeah. start here. Why did you get in? Why did you feel the need to lose that much weight? Why did you get into fitness? Well, basically, it was a personal. My personal life is how I got into fitness. It was almost like I always wanted to get in shape and lose weight, but I had no drive. But as I started looking at my own life and how I was going downhill with my sickness and diabetes and things, I started noticing if I don't do something about it, I'm going to die. And I was actually told that. By a doctor, I won't say his name because he didn't really supposed to tell me that, but he kind of really told me if you keep taking the pills and everything you're supposed to do, it's not going to cure you. You still are going to die. You got to do something. And so basically my own life is how I got into fitness. Plus, when I had my daughter, it was no choice but to get it to be here for her. I like that. How, you know, I know that had to be uh, difficult. To receive such news from your, you know, medical uh, practitioner and mm-hmm. uh, your doctor, and you get hit with this that you have to make this huge lifestyle change that is utterly yeah. needed, utterly uh, necessary. Um, 
and the wrestling of it in your mind, right? Like I always say the, yeah. the battle first starts in the mind, you know, how, how did, how did you deal with those, you know, that truth? How did you look in the mirror and say, if I don't do something, I won't be here. Well, that was this. I think the scare one. Well, that was the second. Cause we're going to get to the first scariest part of it, which really, you know, gave rise to where I'm at now, but sure. that was the second because it seemed like, Whichever way I turn, there is no ending but death or early death, I would say. And I feel like if I don't change my life, either it's going to be gone now or later. But if you change your life now and get rid of the disease, because he, the guy, I, he was like a secondary guy who did you know my physical and everything. And he just told me the truth. But the first guy, you know, all I did was just take the pills and do what they tell me to do. But it only suppressed the symptoms of the disease. This doctor told me how to get rid of the disease. So therefore, I don't have to keep taking the pills and stuff anymore if you just change your life. So I really appreciate him for really not looking at me as just a number and a customer, but really saying mm. something that really changes my life and not just keep taking the stuff over and over. And I'm still going to die regardless whether I take it or not. Hmm. That second opinion. Do you do you think that um, and and. That there's always this theory that sometimes, uh, you know, medical leaders, you know, treat uh, patients like numbers, particularly patients of color, even more specifically black patients. Um, do you feel that you were handled? And I'm not, you know, making an accusation or whatnot, but, you know, when you're dealing with something as serious as diabetes, you know, it's a disease, it's a disease that gets overlooked uh, because, you know, it's not immediately uh fatal right like you can yeah. almost go unmanaged for years before you'd have some adverse side effect uh yeah. but you know it's still a disease nonetheless <laughs> a disease is a disease it's not like you know uh this is a good disease right nobody wants to have any disease uh so do you feel that uh initially i guess you were cared for the way that you should have been cared for well i wouldn't quite say because if i if i say like no, it kind of resonates against all doctors and, and all doctors are not like that. If anything, yeah. I still do appreciate the job that they do for us, because if it really wasn't for some doctors, then, you know, we still wouldn't get the help that we need. But I do appreciate the doctors that take the time to really tell you how to change instead of just kind of giving you their, you know, here's what you need to do. But you never change your life. Just keep doing this. But so some doctors, they'll make can really help you by really telling you how to get healthy. I really appreciate that. Cool, cool, cool. So this journey, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> uh, tell me about the first workout. I want to know, you know, because it's, it's. Um, I always say getting to the gym is the hardest part of any workout. Tell me yeah. about when you made that decision, I'm going to change. And that first early morning, knowing that you have work, knowing that you have a family, tell me about that. <clears throat> well, this change actually happened just prior to me actually starting getting to the gym because okay. the gyms were closed because of COVID. It was just coming in at the time. Well, it was coming in 2019. My daughter was born in January 2020. Okay. So by the time I got ready to start doing the gym in February, they closed it. So mm -hmm. I didn't physically get into the gym until they reopened it around May. I got in in June. But that's to me, I, to me, I was like, I still made an excuse because you could so many things you can do without being in a gym. I just still kind of made it the excuse. But <clears throat> before what really happened is 
I got very, very low in my life. I was about 400 pounds, like I said, type 2 diabetic. I could barely walk without breathing real hard or I couldn't walk really long. I had to sit down to, I was like, sometimes I'll be crying. Like I'm in the mall trying to walk and I, every five minutes I have to stop because it's so painful. And um, your legs, your feet, everything is controlling you. So I've always had the diabetes, but I, it got so aggressive before I went to the doctor. Wow. And so what scared the guy was like when I took my blood pressure, every, every time I would go for the next three years, my eyesight got weaker. I was at 2020, then it went to like 2025, then 2030, 2035 in the right eye. And it's like my vision is getting worse. My skin is getting dark patches, which you probably can still see remnants of it, but it's so clear now. Yeah. Uh, my neck was so thick. My uh, legs and ankles were turning dark. So what was happening is that my body was dying because no blood flow. And then, of course, with the no blood flow, that also not trying to be R X rated or anything, but for us, you know, no blood yeah, flow for a man, you know, that's ED issue as well. Right. And that was very severe as well, too. So you can imagine as being a man, you also married. You cannot really even be intimate with your wife when we also been planning to have children. But because my health is so bad, we it's almost been three years of trying because your health was so bad. So I felt so bad that I couldn't be a father myself. I couldn't provide her the intimacy she needed. I didn't have no energy, no drive, no nothing. And so I said, I don't even have any friends right now to even talk to about this. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to make a deal with the devil. And it's almost like he was saying, well, if you want your time of peace, just put that gun to your head and pull the trigger. And that's exactly what I did. I sat here one day at home and um, this was around April, right around the April time of 2019. Mm. And I sit here at home and I grabbed my gun and put it to my head and got ready to pull the trigger. But before I did, I said, I hope they understand. I really want to be, I wanted to be a better man, but I hope they understand. Take me to a better place. And I pulled the trigger and it did not go off. Wow. Uh, I pulled it. I kept pulling it every time and then it just wouldn't do it. And then I just threw the gun down and I just got on my knees and just started hollering like, you know, where, you know, I believe in God. So he's like, yeah. I'm like, if this there is a God, why you won't let me be in peace? Why you let me suffer? Hmm. You know, where are you? What's my purpose? And then it was almost like my purpose was answered. It was like, you thought I was going to let you get off that easy. You always speak. Yeah. You thought you always speak as a black man that 70% of our children are growing up without, you know, fathers in the homes. And you don't want to be that type of father to do that. Right. So, you say you had nothing to live for. Okay, I'm going to let you believe that. I guarantee you for the like three to four weeks after that time I pulled the trigger, my wife said she was pregnant. The right. Lord, then. So the Lord, the Lord has been kind. <laughs> hey, I, you know, first of all, we're uh, going any further. Thank you for sharing that vulnerability, because I think that's more common than not. And I know it's uncomfortable to talk about, you know, ED and then to talk about, you know, potential suicide. Um, and I think a lot of people are dealing with life and they feel lonely and they feel trapped and they don't have anyone to really, you know, discuss these things with. And a lot of people find themselves in these spaces. And I think your words are gonna, is going to encourage because you don't have to go that route, right? You don't have to take your life. You don't have to suffer in silence. Um, so first of all, thank you for that. Um, the best thing is like what I'm doing right now, being yeah. able to talk to somebody because 
you never really know. I thought I had nobody to talk to, so I, I kept it in. And yeah. by keeping it in, I got worse. And so mm-hmm. being able to talk about it would have probably helped me better at that time. But I think like I had to, it was like my destiny almost to get that low because he sure. wanted me to get to the lowest because he had a job for me. And when I thought that I had no one to live for, he then told me, you don't even know your wife is pregnant. Now you got something to live for. So what you going to do? And that's what happened. I'm going to get in shape. I'm, I said, I stopped saying I want to look good. I want to be in shape. I want to be healthy. I changed my mindset to I'm going to look good. I'm going to get healthy. So when I changed the mindset, the going to do attitude made me get up and go. And then I developed the term, <clears throat> you know, failure is not an option and there ain't no plan B. You write it down and you get it done. I like yeah. that. There, there is no plan B. <laughs> no plan B. I, I like that. There's no plan B. <laughs> so, I have, I have nowhere to go. Like if I yeah. fail, I can't fail now because look, you almost killed yourself because of this. So you have nowhere right. to go back to. Your right. doctor after this said, if you still don't change, you're still going to die. So now I'm stuck in between either pull the trigger or keep my same lifestyle and still die. True. So I had to change the lifestyle to change my future. So that's why I said failure ain't no option because the moment I fail is the moment I fail on her. It's true. Moment. So, so you do all this and you start exercising, you start exercising in the midst of COVID. So I think you did the opposite of what a lot of Americans did when COVID happened. They just said, I quit, you know, and they started gaining you, you went in the exact opposite direction and started grinding, started really working hard and, Mm -hmm. you know, started this journey. Um, Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Tell me about when you stepped on the scale and you saw that you were actually, you know, even if it was one pound smaller. Yeah. Tell me about that. What's up? I'm super pumped. Just got done with another workout. It's your boy, CMK33, connect my Instagram. And on the business page of CMK underscore global, you know how I get through it. You know how I get that pump look. <laughs> Best pre workout on the market www.cmkglobal.store. Yeah, I, when I stepped on the scale, the last time I know I can remember stepping on the scale, I was like three in the 380s. <clears throat> but then at the same time, I still was eating very bad. You know, um, I'm not against people eating fast food, but the the amount that I was doing, like sometimes I eat McDonald's like twice a day. You know, I might have three or four double cheeseburger, large fry, you know, stuff like that. And, or get a large pizza and sit and play the video game and eat the whole large pizza at the same time. So I most likely when I was step on a scale around 385, I still was eating like that prior to my surgeons going back down. So the reason why I said 400 is because <clears throat> when during my darkest time, that's all I did was just eat, 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 eat. But I never really got a chance to see where I was at the very beginning. But the last time I saw was 385. And so I, that's why I say 400, because after the 385, I still spent another month just gorging down food because I was so depressed. So that's why I said, I know I had to have been over 400 at least sure. from that point. But once I said, you know what? You got to change. Like you said, he stopped you from pulling pulling the trigger. Now you know you got a, a, a baby coming. We didn't know it was a girl yet, but we had a baby coming. So what you going to do? That was the overjoyed moment I never had. I, like, I always thought about having a child, more a son. I had a girl first. And then I said, I don't even matter. I'm going to do everything I can. So when she was born in, in the next uh, January 11, I held her in my arms and I said, this is my girl, my daughter. That's what I said. And she looked, I swear, a spitting image of me. He was so blessed to give her a girl to look just like me. And I said, so what kind of man, what kind of father would I be to keep on the path I'm at 
and not be here for for everything this little girl you know everything do you not want to hear the dad dad do you not want to feed her do you not want to see her first steps do you not want to take her to school, to the prom, to her marriage one day? Do you not want to see, you know what I'm saying? Do you want to walk her down the aisle or do you want her to walk by herself or some other man do it? No. You now have to change your life now to be here for everything she's going to need. She needs you. So now, if you're not going to do it for yourself, then do it for something better than yourself. And that's your and that's your daughter. And so yeah, from that point, um, like I said, I, I got into the gym. She was about five, six months at that time. I got into the gym, Anytime Fitness, and I, I'm big dude. I'm big guy over about 400. I said, look, my doctor said if I don't do something, I'm going to die. I just did my blood pressure check. It was 168 over 88. Okay, so you can imagine you're in that close to hypertension stage two. So mm-hmm. I'm dying. My legs are big. I can't breathe. I can't do much of anything right now, but I am dying. I don't want to die. So tell me what I got to do, even if you got to talk to me crazy. So the lady said, okay. Get on that treadmill, and I need you to give me a mile. I don't care how long it takes, just give me a mile. And that's where I started. I put some music on. I had a picture on the, my uh, phone with my daughter right there, and I said, this for you. I kissed the phone and said, this is for you. And I started walking, but I can only go around 2.0, 2.5. It's real slow, but that's yeah. all I can do. Yeah. And I can remember being beginning to cry because it was the very first day. It was June the 16th. I can remember the day like it's like it's yesterday. And I said, this is it. I'm 400 pounds. I'm full of death. I'm a type two diabetic. I almost killed myself just a few weeks ago. I mean, well, a few months ago. And here it is. Don't give up now because now you're going to give up on her. That's why I developed the term failure ain't no option. But um, I can remember walking and I started hurting. I swear every three, four minutes I had to stop or sit down because I was hurting so bad. But I told, I said, I need to walk this mile because I said a journey. I used to always say to myself sometimes a journey to want to walk a thousand miles begin with the first step forward. Mm-hmm. So you walk that mile, you got 999 more to go, but you walk that mile. So I start hurting. I start crying and everything. But I said, you know what? get back up. I sat down and I almost gave up. I was like, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's hurting so bad. But then I said, in my head, she popped up in my head again. She said, then you say that if the time you give up on yourself is the day you give up on her. So I said, he, so I'm like, get your butt back up on that treadmill and you give me a mile. I don't care if it hurt. You walk that mile. I don't care what people looking at you because people looking because you're so huge. I don't care. Walk that mile. You starting to cry. Walk that mile. I don't care. I don't care how long it takes, you walk that mile. And so I did. It took me about 30 minutes to walk a mile, but I walked that mile. Hmm. And so that was it. From the point I did it, even through hurting, through crying, in the gym, crying while I'm walking on the treadmill, I did it. And I sat down, and I'm like, I felt great. I I triumphed Hmm. over something that was trying to hold me down. So I said, now I can do this. And that's what I did. I said, I can do it. I did a mile. And now it's time to get more and more. And so as through time went, I started feeling good about walking uh, a little faster. I still did the mile, but I started going faster and faster. I started doing things at home, like, you know, resistant bands and stuff. Yeah. I started um, in August of the same year of 2020. That's when I developed. That's when I got into the term, uh, group called Healthy Alternative. It's a group on um, Facebook. There's a lot of people that fast, but it's a it's not a fasting group, but it's a group that he says that it's basically called a healthy alternative is that you 
choose a healthier alternative to your life that you're normally doing. So it's not just fasting, but anything to, you know, to alternate your path where you're at now. And so that's yeah. how I develop not just working out and lifting weights. I say, okay, well, I need to change diet as well. I need to change how I'm eating. And that combining with the exercises, that's what's going to help me out. And that's exactly what happened. And I came into the group again. I was around the 370, upper 370s the time I got into the group. So I basically did, if you want to say 400, I was almost 30 pounds down by the time I got into the group. But then I came into the group and I just shared it all. I was like, look, this is what happened to me. This is where I'm at. I need people to push me. I want the whole group to hold me accountable. I'm coming. I'm coming. I said, I'm coming hard. And, you know, people, you know, all people kind of come in to say what they want to say, you know, you never hear about them. Not not me. I came in and shared all my intimate details. And I said, this is what I plan to do. I want everybody to hold me accountable because I'm coming. And (laughs) I did. I did exactly that. And I mean, no, I'm no, no failure. That's my attitude. No failure. Keep going. And. I got it's got um, yeah. now I got to where I can still do a mile now and I can do it in 11 minutes now. Like I could jog the whole time. You know, I don't even have to stop. Hey, you um, not do you. I feel I'll I be sucking sometimes. I get to this. Wow. I'll be at a nine minutes. I'm like, what is wrong? I'm like my yeah. knees. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, I that isn't. First of all, thank you. Second of all, mm. I think that's, you know, people have to realize that. We get into this because we want to change. It's something that is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not a it's not a way of judging or anything. I don't think people misinterpret fitness because you know they see the extreme side of it. They see the you know the Olympia side, and that's like one percent of people. Yeah. The other ninety nine percent don't do that and have nothing to do with that. <laughs> you know, we're trying yeah. to change our lives and be there for our families, and. You know this 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 right here is is encouraging. So you now you had a mile pace at eleven minutes, which is uh, phenomenal. Um, yeah, I get the whole time. I I get on that thing. I I put it at four point zero or four point five in that yeah. range. So anything like five and over, you can kind of cut down into like low elevens, tens, nines, like that. So that's true. Right now, I can't jog the whole mile at five point zero, but right around four point five. That's where I usually put it at and stick it right there for the whole mile. That that'll work. That'll work. Um, I feel like that's not too bad for a guy that's two ninety. You know, I'm in the two nineties, and hey, I'm hey, doing good. <laughs> hey, man, you look good, man. Look, I I see, I see the photos. I'm like, so so now, you know, you're you you've turned. You know, you're under three. You're you're posting the photos. You can see you got the the Herculean. You know, yeah, on every photo now, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you're ready for the stage. You're ready for the IBB stage, man. <laughs> um, you know, what? What now? Right? Like, so now you've hit this because I think it's great to have a path. But how do you? Mm. And, and I know your your daughter. I know your family. You know, they keep yeah. you on track. But how do you stay motivated? Because you have. I mean, you have pushed past even people who have started in the gym at a at a I won't say better level, but at a safer level than you, and you mm-hmm. have surpassed them. How do you stay motivated and not go back to old ways? Um, let's see. I'm currently I'm down. Let's say 110. So I wrote. I started writing down some the goals I want to get to, and then I said I won't stop until I get these goals. And now health and fitness is a lifetime goal, so I didn't necessarily write that down because I know 
you can't get to a point where I say, well, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm good. I don't have to worry about it no more. So that's True. a lifestyle change. But True. I started writing. I wanted to hit a hundred pound goal. So I checked that off once I did. And then I said, the next thing was to hit 130 pounds. And that will put me down to the two seventies. So that's actually where I plan to be after my iron body challenge. I'm starting actually today uh, for six weeks. So I should be able to get down to the two seventies at the end of March. So then I'll check that off. And my overall weight goal was to be 250. So that'll be 150 pounds that I've lost when I get to 250. But I did this. Uh, it's not really about the pounds itself. In a way, I really trying to get down to fat because the lower fat that you you know lose, the healthier you become. Right. And also the more lean you look as well. So I wanted to get in 250 and just try to maintain around 250, 260. But I did this because I also have another part of behind me. I'm going to the beach this year. And I said, this will be the very first time I will ever to go in public and I'm taking my shirt off. So I said, I'm not going to be embarrassed or about mm-hmm. myself anymore. So the time I walk on that beach, I need to have accomplished everything, including the 250 goal. And on that very day, when that sun come up on that day, that will be an end of a two year journey to be able to be right here on this beach without a shirt on. And that's what I, I like it. I like it. That's Look. what kept me motivated. Between that and my my family, that's what basically kept me motivated because I got I still got work to do. I got to keep grinding until I get there. Look, I like it. That is that is amazing. Um, wow, <laughs> um, this is what it's all about, right? And and that has encouraged me, uh, and I'm sure it has encouraged the audience out there. Uh, last question, man. I appreciate you. I know we're running out of time. So, um, you, you asked me what was next. I remember you saying that. Yeah, I, this, this is gonna be, um, you know, uh, what 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 would you like to say to that person that has, you know, that has that's in a low state, dealing with depression, uh, does doesn't feel comfortable working out, doesn't like going to the gym. Uh, feels isolated and trapped. What what would you say to that person? Mm, let's see, well, like I, uh, I would say that the best thing when you feel like you trapped is almost like you do with me. Find people that may have been in the same situation and be able to really have one on one conversations with that individual. Because again, holding it in will not help. It will only make it worse. And I feel like learning from my own. You want to speak out. You really want to talk and be able to network with people of the same, you know, going through the same thing. And maybe y'all can form a group together and help each other. Like, let's say a message, a messenger group or something where y'all just kind of helping each other. And you don't necessarily have to go to a gym. Like like I said, it's warming up now. So you can do a lot of walking outside or uh, buy treadmill or some stuff at home if you don't necessarily want to go to a gym. But it's like find your why. Find why you want to do this. You know, look into your past, look at your present and then figure out where you want to be, like to envision it. And once you envision where you want to be, then go after it. And that's my um, but first thing first is to talk, get it off you. And you might find somebody who can actually help you get to where they are. I like it, y'all. Talk. Do not bottle it in. Don't try to do life alone. Uh, don't try to, you know, be strong and handle this because strength will get you injured. Um, get help, seek help. There's people out there that actually care, uh, that are willing to listen, willing to share their stories uh, and willing to be vulnerable. 
uh, with you. Malik, you have been amazing. Uh, thank you, man, for this time. Where can the people connect with you, man? Where if they want to connect you, follow you, support what you do, uh, where can they connect with you? Well, my name is on the screen, Malik Shanti. Now, I'm not sure if it's Shanti or Shanti. The word Shanti means peace in a different language, I think, in the Indians, uh, uh, Indians language. And Malik means Hebrew. I mean, it means king in Hebrew. So I'm like king of peace in a way. But um, but and that's all I search for. I just want peace, you know, and I'm the king of it, basically. And um, mm-hmm. that's my name. You can find me on Facebook and then on Instagram is Sergeant Malik. But it's uh, Sergeant with the S-A-R because I know it's really spelled S-E-R, but it's uh, Sergeant then underscore Malik. And that's how you can find me on Instagram. I don't have a uh, TikTok and other stuff right now. So but that's all I have for right now. That works. Y'all connect with your man. Connect with him on Instagram at Sergeant Malik. Connect with him on Facebook at Malik. Uh, Shanti, y'all. Hit him up. Say amen. I did what you do. That is that his story was inspiring and it touched me. It connected with me. Let's connect. And if you want to keep seeing amazing influences, amazing leaders, and amazing stories like Malik, you know what you got to do, man. Hit your boy up on Instagram at CVMK33. Go to the Business page, CVMK underscore global, and we're the best health, wellness, supplements, and dribble. We have some new merch. I got the shirt on right here. We got some things coming out uh, that's going to blow the world, man. www.cvmkglobal.store. And also subscribe to the YouTube page because this is so lit. This is going to be on both channels, YouTube at CV Space K and the fitness one at YouTube at CVMK Global Fitness. Until next time, guys. Thanks. All right.